I'm Montana York, and I'm your host here at Cambridge House. And I'm joined today by the one and only Gary Wagner of The Gold Forecast. Gary, thank you for being here. Uh, pleasure to meet you. And it's a pleasure to be back with the Cambridge House discussing uh, the investments that are strong today. And it's great to have you back, Gary. Um, you are the executive producer at The Gold Forecast, uh, where you give out amazing trading advice, amongst other things. Uh, what's some good trading advice that you would give just based off of today's market? Well, you know, in terms of investments as a whole, there is no one size fits all. It depends on the investor, his age, his risk tolerance. The best advice I can give someone is that they need to find a, a firm or an investment advisor that they have confidence and trust in. And the best way to do that is search through their, their immediate family and find uh, cousins or aunts or uncles or parents that have had investors uh, or advisors that have worked with them and have given them good, consistent results. In terms of a portfolio itself, diversification has always been the number one rule. But how you break up those components is dependent on, of course, your risk tolerance and your age. And so there's really, it's very difficult to give a, a blanket statement. Of course, I specialize in gold, which is a safe haven asset. And I believe that all investors should have a percentage of their portfolio in gold. Uh, I believe five to 10%. I also believe in physical ownership of that five to 10% that you hold yourself. In other words, either in a safety deposit box in a bank, or in a vault or some kind of safe at your house. I also specialize in futures trading, which is at the utmost high level in terms of risk tolerance. And so for those that have risk capital, uh, gold is, is a very attractive thing to trade. The one thing that I will say is that with inflation at these current levels, the commodities as a whole have been a very, very hot market. So I, I hope that answers your question. It does. Thank you, Gary. Uh, and we touched on trusted advisors. I would consider you a trusted advisor. What is some stocks or ETFs uh, that are catching your eye right now? You know, stocks are really not my specialty. I do see strength in commodities. What we have to take into account more than anything else right now is that we have a level of inflation that people have not seen for over 40 years. So for those individuals that are 40 or under, and I wish I could include myself, I can't, <laughs> but um, they've never seen inflation at this level. And I'm sure you feel it, everybody feels it, regardless of their financial status, uh, when they fill up their gas tanks or when they're buying goods and services or groceries at Costco or at their supermarket, pricing has gotten just out of control. And of course, the conflict right now in Ukraine has only magnified that, specifically in Europe, because Ukraine and Russia are huge exporters of grains to many of the countries in the European Union. Also, Russia provides a lot of petroleum and gas products to members of the European Union, which they have boycotted for the most part, and now there's skirmishes. Russia is still, of course, supplying India and China, um, but many of the EU countries have kind of turned off that spigot. So there's a lot of geopolitical tension going on, 
and there is an inflationary pressure that I personally believe will not unwind as quickly as many uh, Fed members here in the United States believe or these central banks throughout the world, the global central banks. I see not only inflation being persistent, but it, in terms of it unwinding and going to acceptable levels, it took us years to get to this point. I think it's a multi-year process to unwind and get inflationary pressures to acceptable targets. In regards to the Federal Reserve, their target has always been 2%. Right now, the PCE, which is an odd inflationary index because it strips out food and energy costs, which of course are two of the items that have had the greatest impact on inflationary pressures, is over 6%. So they're roughly three times what is an acceptable target. So to get it from 6 down to 2% is not going to happen by the end of the year, as the Federal Reserve predicts. So the investment community needs to put that really at the forefront in terms of what they're looking at, what sectors they're looking at, what investments they're looking at, and realize that inflationary pressures will remain, I believe, persistent. I don't believe they have peaked yet. I believe that they'll be sustained at least over the next two years. And put that as a primary focus as you analyze the markets as a whole. Great. And um, Gary, we talked a bit about the strip back with inflation. What kind of action do you think we would need to see from our government to safely deliver us from today's inflationary rates um, to something more manageable? Now, that's a loaded question because <laughs> to have, you know, the Federal Reserve has maintained that, that they really believe that they can uh, produce a soft landing. And that's what we're talking about. And the problem with that statement is the Federal Reserve has a very limited set of tools to put, exert any kind of pressure on inflationary levels as they move up. And the only tool that they really have is raising interest rates and reducing their huge balance sheet, which is the same as raising interest rates. And what that does is it affects the demand side because it will contract the economy. And to have a soft landing, you have to be able to reduce inflation while not moving the United States or globally other countries into a recession. And to produce both of those is a very delicate balancing act that to, to actually do and produce a soft landing has to be done over the next three to five years. And I don't know that the investment community or citizens globally will accept inflationary levels where they are for that kind of a period. It's going to be a difficult task at best, would be my answer. The Federal Reserve is stuck between a rock and a hard place. And some of their statements, and for example, Chairman Powell during the last press conference he gave, where he said he could not only see reducing inflationary pressures, but not slowing the economy down at the same time is a contradiction. It's a balancing act. So if you increase interest rates, demand in the economy contracts. That's the, the effect that they want to have. 
But how do you do that so that it's not detrimental? And that's having a robust GDP worldwide, having countries producing and having countries at peace. And so I think the Federal Reserve is, has the best intentions, but they have some great challenges ahead of them. Uh, so to complete a soft landing will take a delicate balancing act between not having too much economic contraction, but reducing inflationary pressures. Because what they're not controlling is the supply side. And as long as the war in Ukraine continues, that will affect the exports that are produced by Russia as well as Ukraine. And there are still supply side issues here in the United States, in Canada, and the European Union when it comes to semi, uh, uh, the microchips needed in the automotive industries and other components. And the Federal Reserve has no effect on that whatsoever. And because of that, all they can do is raise rates and that will slow the economy down. The trick is to do it without detrimentally contracting the economy too quickly. And just to expand on the 6 to 2% um, that we touched on earlier, what are your inflationary predictions for this year? Well, the best set of data that, that I have read was some, some recent uh, studies that came out by, I think it was the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland, in which they are predicting March CPI. And the CPI index differs from the PCE because it adds energy and food costs to go up over 8%. It's currently just shy, I think at like 7.9. They're also predicting that first quarter inflation on an average basis, year over year, is going to come in at 9.1%. If that is true, and the Federal Reserve members are using all of the, the tools of the government, the Bureau of Statistics and Analysis, all of these uh, numbers which we get reports on are delayed because the Federal Reserve has access to this information. So we'll get a report next month that tells us how March was, but they're already projecting. They know that it is higher because they're getting this data all the time from different businesses that they poll and from the research that they're doing. So I don't believe that inflation has peaked. I do believe we could see it go to 9 or 10% before it starts to dissipate. And a series of interest rate hikes that are a quarter percent or even the aggressive half a percent are not going to have a dramatic impact on an inflationary level that is that high. And so that's the challenge once again. The Federal Reserve knows that inflation continues to spike higher. They know that they have to get a handle on it. But again, they know that they can't act too quickly without having a detrimental effect on the economy. Right. Uh, thank you so much, Gary. Uh, any further predictions that you would like to um, touch on with us just for the markets or for 2022 in general? You know, not so much predictions. I mean, Globally, the, we have lived through a couple of very, very difficult years, whether you're in South America, you're in Canada, you're in the United States, whether you're in Asia, whether you're in Europe. 
Every part has been affected first by the pandemic, the recession that followed, and now we have the, the military action in Ukraine. And so it's a difficult time that we are kind of trying to get through. And it seems like as things get better, something else kind of pops up. So the only thing that I can really suggest to the investment community is keep your risk tolerance where that does not become an item that adds further stress to a lifestyle right now that is just recovering from something the world has never seen. Uh, the, the last couple of years has affected all of us. And so happiness and health are the number one issues. And so what I can say is make your investments stress-free, make them work for you, and enjoy your life because we're coming out of a very hard period and it will get better, I truly believe that. And so savoring the fact that there's light at the end of the tunnel and that light seems to be getting brighter and I'm hoping that it won't dim. Great, thank you so much, Gary. Pleasure to be here, thank you for having me. If you enjoy my content, do me a favor, follow or subscribe to this podcast, drop me a rating and a review and share this with a friend all of these things allow me to get bigger and better guests on the show. Now you can catch me all over social media at jmartinbc. Thanks for tuning in.